In this episode of the Team Superdad podcast, I talk to Mary Williams, leadership coach, therapist, former teacher, and mum of five. Roll theme. Welcome to Team Superdad. Real dads creating their best lives ever. More time, more money, more fun. You are not alone. You're on Team Superdad. Hey, welcome to the Team Superdad podcast. Great to have you back here. Johnny Jensen, your host and founder of the Team Superdad community. We are a community of dads, dads creating our best lives ever. And in the Team Superdad programs, we focus on focus, fitness, finance, family and fun, basically in the free community, but also through our success systems and courses that we run. So Mary Williams, yes, awesome lady. I met her through the K, uh, KPI, Key Person of Influence community. And she is a leadership coach, but in, in just also such an awesome woman to hang out with. So easy to be with. She's a mum of five with uh, with a couple of divorces in, in, in there, or certainly one, which we talk about a little bit in, in, our, in our conversation today. Uh, we talk about loads of things. You know, it's, it's, she works with leaders, mainly men, actually. She works with pre- predominantly men, uh, leaders of big organisations and and businesses, and she's just a lot of fun, absolutely a lot of fun. So I hope that comes across in our conversation. If you are listening to this for the first time, then thank you for being here. How did you find us? Uh, let me know. And if you enjoy it, if you're a multi- multiple times listener, then of course please subscribe to the Team Super Dad podcast on whatever podcast channel you listen to, and most of all, give us a review over at Apple podcasts i don't understand why other podcast tools don't really do reviews but they're so helpful mainly because they get you ranked so give me some love over on apple podcasts uh, and of course share this with other dads that you know the hero academy is launching again in november it's eight weeks but leading into a 12 months of accountability and mentoring. But if you're interested in transforming the areas of your life, focus, your fitness, your finances, your family and the amount of fun you're having, then come on over and find out more about the Hero Academy and how you can participate. It's a great program for all dads who are looking to really ramp up their life. And blimey, we're heading into the end of 2020. Ah, good. Be gone, ye beast. Uh, but but let's, let's have an awesome 2021. I'll see you on the other side. I hope you enjoy this chat with Mary Williams. Hello, welcome to the Team Superdad podcast. This interview today is with Mary Williams, a fellow alumni from the Key Person of Influence community, an absolute amazing group of people and I'm so fortunate to have been uh, part of that and Daniel Priestley and Dent and if you want to check that out then, then please go and do so but Mary good to have you here today executive leadership coach and therapist uh, tell us uh, tell us more about what you do and, and where you're at today oh thanks a lot for having me on Johnny it's uh, I've been looking forward to it <laughs> So um, I, I work with uh, 10 to 3 senior level executives and, and CEO level um, who basically want life to, to be better. You know, they're sitting in life thinking, this is not quite what I thought I would have, um, even if they're very successful. So other people might be looking at these people thinking, wow, you've got it all. But inside they're thinking this is, you know, there's something missing. It's not quite where I wanted to be. 
um, and they're not really sure how to get there. So I work from a very kind of therapeutic background, um, but with sort of strong elements of coaching and bringing in sort of mediation skills. So it can be anything from, you know, working on their deep self-worth and self-confidence to helping them be a better parent, to helping them be a better partner, to helping them actually manage their team better. So it, I come with a sort of a huge bag of, uh, you know, tools and tips Um and and experience myself but it's i really just want people to get to living the life that they want to lead yeah and that's exactly why you're on here because people who've <laughs> listened to this podcast before will know that's exactly what team super dad and the hero academy is all about so you uh i i love the way the universe draws you know the right kind of people towards us and if, yeah. and if people don't believe in all that sort of stuff then consider it does happen because it's <laughs> it's it's it's, well, it's a conversation isn't it when you start talking about things you mm. notice things on people's profiles you notice posts that they they share yeah. and i'm like oh yeah that's exactly the kind of pe- the person mm. i want to talk to um talking about whether you know you can become and be part of the the coaching group at, at the mm. hero academy um but also as a woman it's it's massively important to me that we put amazing women let alone powerful or intelligent or beautiful just mm. at the real heart of it amazing women around the team super dad community um because that's my commitment in in life as well uh, yes i'm single at the moment but that's not how i plan to stay so continuing <laughs> that better understanding and, 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 and knowledge of, of women and we'll, we'll come on to your post mm. from recently later about <laughs> menopause and pre-menopause we just mm. touched on miscarriages as, as we mm. walked into this and knowing myself as a business person and someone who's owned businesses, run teams, mm. these sub- these things happen in life. Yeah. But then we just go into work and it's like, come on team, let's like, we're actually inside, you're in pieces. Yeah. yeah. So absolutely yeah. awesome. So on this, you know, one, one of the things for me about Team Super Dad is this, that moment where you realise things are okay or things are okay in this department, but not quite in that department. Mm. But somewhere in amongst all that is, this wasn't what I planned. This, like, let alone when we're kids and we want to be a racing driver or a scientist <laughs> or a spaceman or something like that, we still get to post finish university or we start our mm. first business. We we maybe fall in love. Like our plans for what we want to achieve seem to get weighed down by the process of life. I, I know that's mm. common right mm. but but you know if you can back that up or, or tell me different but like what's the impact of that as well for the, in, the, in the people you know as you see in people you work mm. with I think um so to kind of go back to the beginning of that I think one of the problems is that we've transitioned as a society from people who you know kind of grew up got married had kids you know went to work you're in the same job for 20 30 40 years you know you finish you retire you go on a few holidays and you drop dead you know we've kind of gone from that to being very eye focused. So actually I really want, you know, every day to count. I I want to have a variety of jobs and careers. You know, I I want to live my life. And I think that's the difference. And so I I think we, we kind of grew up with this plan of where we wanted to be. And actually what I think is one of the key problems is that we don't have enough flex in that. So actually it's in, it's in books, it's in movies. It's, it's almost like a cliche. It's like an advertised sort of cliche of, this is how you, this is what life should look like. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, 
I call it that, you know, I mean, they say they call it the Disney effect, you know, that that we kind of all want that happy ending. And actually, if we can understand sort of, you know, that's where me. we're headed. Uh, that's, I oh, totally me. I, <laughs> yeah, I have to say yeah. I'm totally a Disney girl. You know, it's like I was watching something the other day and there was a, you know, really just a sort of bit of a, not a sad ending, but kind of a not a happy ending. And I kind of went, why have I just watched that? Why have yeah. I just watched this whole series? Where is the happy ending? <laughs> that's my, why I'm watching my it. daughter, you know, the <laughs> Avengers, the not the end game one, the one before, we didn't watch the trailer, so we had no idea. And I always say to my kids, especially when they're a bit scared, right? Don't worry, there's a happy ending. Yeah? <laughs> so after three hours, my daughter at the time must have been six. Clearly, my ex-wife was not too happy about me taking to see that, but we all no. wanted to see it. And she goes to me, well, that wasn't a happy ending, was it? <laughs> Is that the one where they all evaporate at like the 50% end? Like 50% of the people die, yeah. Totally, that's yeah. it, that's it. Yeah. Lucky if to go, there's a sequel, there'll be a there sequel. There is, just got to hang on um, the ear for it. But, but I think that's the thing, isn't it? Is that, that we, we kind of do all want a happy end. We want to be happy. And actually people kind of disregard the word happy. But it's, it's the only emotion we don't try to move away from. If you think of every other emotion, we're always kind of going, great, I'm here, but I want this. And when you get to happy, you're just like, oh, I'm happy, great. You know, you don't you don't want to move anywhere from happy. Yeah. So, so it's who's simple, right? The cynical is the, who's right? The cynical people out there that say you and your I'm quoting someone here, you and your bullshit Disney flipping happy ending, mm. um, or or the means of this world are like, no, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna make some money, I'm gonna fall in love, I'm gonna mm. have kids, and we're gonna live happily ever after. It, I know there's no rights or wrongs in life, but yeah, it, my, my view is that it's it's possible. It's attainable. It's something to strive for rather than accept second best. Mm. Uh, So I agree. So I I turn myself to be a positive realist. So I am very optimistic about life. I'm very positive. I believe in love. Um, I don't believe in the one. I think there's many ones out there. Um, but I but I absolutely think that you can find somebody to live with, you know, long term that that you're with, whether it's forever or or, or for for ten years, twenty years, whatever. Um, but I think there's realism that we have to also look at life. We have to take action in it. So I think what I see is people coming out of relationships who are very disillusioned, but actually, you know, to put it really bluntly, they just haven't sorted their stuff out. You know, yeah. they haven't gone, well, if I'm, you know, routinely picking this type of personality, this is an issue in me. I am, I am attracting that personality, whether I like it or not. And, and that's what I see in my clients. You know, they come in and they say, I'm bullied by every boss or I, you know, I pick the wrong partner all the time. You know, that, that was me. You know, I've had three long-term decade relationships. And if you look at them all, the personalities are very similar. And you that's, don't realise till the end. I know, I know. I like, like, <laughs> that one's so different. No, no, they're not. They've just got the same stuff hidden in different when ways. When I realised that about my ex-wife <laughs> and, my, and my only other long-term relationship, I was like, oh my gosh, like, they're not the same. And then you realise, okay, yeah, they are. Yeah. Quite, quite fun. Yeah. There's an element of like wildness to them but then also insecurities so I don't mean that as a slight against them but I was kind of swooping in because I wanted to yeah, yeah. Look after them and save them. Well, guess what? Yeah. The slightly wild independent woman does not want to be saved. <laughs> <laughs> you reminded me of something I read recently and it was saying that in every movie there's, oh, I can't remember what he calls her, something like the, the crazy it girl or something. And he basically says she always has to be a bit quirky and sort of need fixing so that the hero can come in and he can fix her. But of course, the quirk of her is that she doesn't really want to be fixed. Yeah, that's me. And then, and then devastated that neither of them... <laughs> It's fine. I've, I've worked it out now. 46. I'm like, brilliant. Oh, Mary, I think you've frozen. Da-da-da. Drum roll. Where's Mary? We wait for Mary to unfreeze. 
they call this filling that's in the how suit, you're describing yourself then that then that's the issue is that ultimately um you know she doesn't want to be fixed and you don't yeah. need to be fixing her so I, I i'm the same as you that one of the things i did was i picked people who needed fixing um because i i was over an over carer and i was an over carer because my mum had needed fixing yeah. So actually, you know, what I was doing was effectively, it sounds awful, but choosing my mother in different partners as a way of trying to heal myself and my relationship with my mum and trying to heal them. Yeah. But actually their personality did not suit me in any way. They yeah. didn't support or look after me because of course they were my mother and my mother was emotionally distant. So I picked men that were emotionally distant. Yeah. And yet I'm the most, you know, emotionally intuitive, caring person I know. So I needed somebody emotionally intuitive and caring back. Yeah. And I picked the opposite. You have to look at yourself and see what's going on in your life that you are drawing towards you. Like you said about attracting, you know, the universe kind of bringing people together. I believe the universe gives you what you need, but it's whether your need is a healthy need or an unhealthy need. So you have to look at yourself. Exactly. And if there's dads listening to this saying, this wasn't what I tuned in for, Johnny, like it's it's actually, it is. There's an important message here, which uh, underneath the kind of, Mm. oh yeah, I want to, get fitter I want to get Mm. better at work I want to have a better relationship Mm. with my kids there's Mm. so much of the internal piece that has to come and it can be uncomfortable for some people and they don't have to dig into it in like years of therapy Mm. and stuff but just actually to look back and go oh yeah she was quite like that or oh I do do that in all my meetings yeah Yeah. Um, and there's some real opportunities to get a a sense of what it's like for the Mm. other person like the person Mm. you're managing or the person Mm. you're you're in a relationship Mm. with and I think I think what you say is right. So you know me, I'm I'm very pro men. Um, you know, have, however people want to identify, you know, I identify as a woman, and I'm you know, and I'm and I'm a heterosexual, and so I'm I'm very pro men. Um, and I love the energy that men give. You know, certainly, you know, men around me in, in my business have been incredibly encouraging. You know, men around me in my life are some of my best friends. You know, I I think men have a a, a lovely energy to them, which I feel is quashed. Um, from quite early on. And we were just talking about the whole sort of big boys don't cry. You know, I'm not allowed to show emotions. Actually, you know, I'm working, most of my client load is men. um, And it's men who are effectively coming saying, I think I'm this really sensitive, intuitive, understanding, loving, caring person. Um, But but sort of society or my parents have given me this idea that, you know, I'm not allowed to cry. I'm not allowed to show emotion. I'm not allowed to be vulnerable. I'm not allowed to be all these things. And so I've kind of shut it down. And so, of course, then when they're in a relationship with somebody who needs that from them or they want to be a better father, and I see this a lot, you know, parents that I worked with, they don't know then how to engage back into that emotion to be able to respond in an appropriate way. And it just breaks my heart every time I see these men who are these, and I use the word beautiful human beings, you know, sensitive and warm and loving. And I have... You know, I have men sit in my room and say, you know, oh, I don't want to cry. I don't want to cry. I'm so pathetic. And I'm just like, I, I kind of, you know, almost I love you more when you cry because you're showing me that you're a real human being who has real feelings, yeah. you know, and, and, I, and I do. I, I respect people who are able to show their emotions, you know, much more than I respect the ones who kind of just sit there just, you know, not going to cry, not going to cry. You know, it's just like, why not? This is just a messaging system. Well, especially when things are going wrong. You know, when the, when the pressure's mm. on in work and then your relationship mm. starts to struggle and then you get back out because it's it's the mm. stress mm. and then you're snappy at your kids. It's mm. like, actually, maybe what there is to do yeah. is just be like, I'm really upset right now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, oh, hang on a minute. I've got a reason to be as yeah. well. Yeah. Uh, what, what can men do to, uh, and just, just to say again to people that are listening, mm. I don't 
plan like lists of questions i do i do yeah. have a structure around what i think we're going to say what we're going to talk about and we and we get together before the before the podcast <laughs> but i love that the the that our conversations flow naturally so mm-hmm. so that's kind of intentional as well what, what can men do to like interrogates the wrong word but what can they do to like <laughs> have a look at their own emotions like unpick some of their yeah. stress or upset or or mm-hmm. like why am I so tired why am I so mm-hmm. snappy like what can they do mm-hmm. to unpick some of that like as on their own like self, yeah. self-assessment okay okay so um I'll teach you a tool if that's okay, all right cool. yeah please do. um so I call it thought strings um and I imagine a piece of rope with knots on it And what I think is, okay, so let's say you realize that you're angry. And so you put anger as your first knot. Now, if you go and talk to people about being angry or you just think about being angry, you're just dealing with the anger. Okay, but odds are, because I think of anger as a symptom of something, that's not what the actual problem is. So let's say I, I feel angry and I say to myself, okay, so I feel angry, why? And then I think, okay, I think it's related to that phone call I've just had. Okay, so what happened in the phone call? Someone called me unprofessional. Okay, so actually, unprofessional is my second knot down. Okay, so it wasn't anger. Anger is the response, but unprofessional is the knot. So then why did they call me, you know, why does it matter to me that they called me unprofessional? Well, actually, my value is that I'm professional because I want people to be treated equally and it's my job and it's my career. So actually, okay, job, career, sorry, people being treated equally is the third knot down. So do you see how we're already, we're quite far away from anger? Yeah. So you keep working down and actually what you'll find is, well, you know, why do I worry about my job? Well, because actually my job equals my house and my, my, my business and my, my house equals safety and um, love and protection for my children. It ends up me not being on the streets. So can you see how actually the real issue that I'm angry about is fear of ending up on the streets. If this person's um, ability you know sorry i'm losing my words this person's thought of me being unprofessional is true maybe i'll lose my job my house and my kids and i will end up on the street now if i can respond from that that fear and if i can answer that fear in myself that entire thought string disappears yeah okay if i just you know walk around the house shouting at people really moody staying angry nothing is resolved okay so you see this often with people who've got say a fear of presenting you know, they come in and they want to learn tips and tools about how to speak better. And I'm saying the issue is that you're worried if you present badly, you're going to lose your job, which will put you on the streets, which means you failed. Okay. So actually we then work back from that. Okay. So how likely is it you lost your job? If you lost your job, what would happen? Where would you go if you had no money? Who would put you up? And you remove that baseline fear because most of us wouldn't end up on the streets. Yeah. So when you remove that baseline fear, the brain then carries that message all the way back up to the top and the top feeling evaporates. Yeah. Yeah, okay. you know, I see people could use that in uh, in the reverse way. Well, not the not the reverse mm-hmm. process, but if they're thinking, mm-hmm. I want to start a business, I want to change my job, yeah. or I want to, yeah, um, like do something bold. Yeah, quite often there's a there's a there's a hesitance around doing something yeah. bold. You could go through that same process yeah. of like, what am I? What am I? It's the same, it's the same conversation. Yeah. What am I scared of losing? Why won't yeah. I take this risk? What was yeah. the worst thing that could happen? Yeah, yeah. See, and what to- you're doing is your your brain is always looking for threat. Your brain is always looking for threat because it's all about survival. Survival, but yeah. it sees emotional threat and um, physical threat as the same thing. So if yeah, I'm I know that. You, yeah. Yes, if I'm rude to you or I hit you, your brain just registers it the same. Okay. Yeah. So, so actually, the problem is that our brain just has not evolved from kind of cave caveman, you know, saber teeth yeah. cat standing outside your cave. It hasn't evolved 
So then it's looking at starting my business and the brain goes, oh my God, what if I start my business? And, and it goes down this chain to a worst case scenario. So actually, if you can locate your worst case scenario, however ridiculous that might be, and, and soothe the, the worst case scenario problem plan around it. And that's why I say I'm a positive realist, because let's look at the realism of situations. Businesses fail. Yeah, relationships fail. And you can say, if it fails, I will still be okay. Because that's the thing that people don't have if they don't have great self-worth. I will still be okay if this marriage fails, if this business fails, I will still be okay. Then what you'll find is that fear line will just evaporate because it comes from the root cause. So you talked earlier about people needing to be in therapy or something for, for years. What, one of the reasons I loved the, the cognitive hypnotherapy that I trained in as, as well as the coaching was I'd done the years. I'd done CBT, I'd done counselling, I'd done three years of psychotherapy and still I had actually really bad anger, I still had low self-worth. I understood my life and where it came from brilliantly, but I hadn't shifted it. And so what I liked about what I did was it it went straight to the root cause. We're not going to spend years talking about this whole thought string. We're just going to go in and we're going to work on that. Yeah, that's so important for men and women, but we're talking about dads here, but it's so important that if you're thinking oh, well, I don't, I don't want to go and see a counsellor. I don't want to go. Yeah. Now, there's a, there's a yeah. case for doing that, but yeah, actually yeah. in a practical performance-related mm. way, mm. whether it's work, whether it's home, mm. whether it's fitness, whether it's parenting, mm. there's a, a cause and effect. That yeah. If you can get to the, what's the, the heart of what's going on, then you can improve the situation. And people's relationship with their kids work very much like what yes. you just said, and they, they're like, well, it's just a nightmare. I, we're mm. not getting on. They don't understand me. Mm. I, I'm constantly mm. shouting at them. Mm. Actually, what too often what we shout at our kids about is what happened to us at work, yeah. not what the kids, it's yeah. not the kids' messy room, really. No. It's what happened to us in, no. in the work that day. Or, or, it's, or it's, um, it's triggering in you a response that maybe you felt as a child. Or So, so I know, you know, when, when my kids leave everything around or they're, you know. How many, kids, how many kids have you got? Uh, well, I've got five. Five? <laughs> but I was a very young mum. So my oldest three are now 30, 27 and 25. And then okay. I have a 16 and 14 year old at home. Um, and what, and what uh, mix are they? And um, so they're girl, boy, boy, girl, boy. Oh, so um, you really can answer that. Are <laughs> girls harder than boys? Which yeah, they and are. you know what? I, I think. I mean, I think. I think each come with their issues. Actually, I definitely think yeah. each come with their issues. But um, but 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 say so for me, you know, when what I what I worked out, we're doing a kind of thought string exercise. Was that when my kids were leaving things on the the, the, the floor and things like that? It, it kind of wasn't that they were leaving stuff on the floor. It was, I felt really disrespected. And disrespect, you know, is such a hugely strong emotion. Um, and, and it helps you to understand what's the root cause going on for me and, and how, am I, how am I being responded to? Because often our stuff in our parenting, it's, it's our stuff. It's how we were brought up. And I can remember, because I used to run parenting classes for three years. I mean, to work in schools with parents. Right. And, um, you know, we used to do this exercise on letting go of our labels. And I remember this parent crying her eyes out um, because she'd been labelled clever by her parents. And she said she just felt awful to be the kind of clever one in the family. She could never not be clever. Um, so you look at these labels that we give our kids, and the problem is that we, we kind of grow up and onwards and we become parents ourselves, and then we take that, do you know what I mean? So she yeah. would never call her child clever. She'd never say, oh, that's really clever, because she didn't want to label her kids. So we're just replicating our stuff. Yeah, flipping so it on his head and giving them the same problem. Yeah. And, and, and the issue is that, it, that actually the way that you parent is probably the way that you team lead. Okay. So yeah. actually, if you look at your team, you are the parent of your team. Yeah. So then yeah. you carry your stuff into your team leading. 
and into your job. And, and if you didn't feel great as a kid, you're not going to probably feel great leading, you know, a company or running your own business. If you've got lack of confidence as a partner, then you're going to struggle to have lack of confidence. It's like the analogy I use is if you imagine that your life is a puddle and you are the puddle, if we drop in a stone in the center, it will ripple into every single area right to the outside, whether you like it or not. And so all of those things that you talked about earlier that, you know, can I exercise more? Can I, can I, you know, can I be really hench? <laughs> can I, can I have better friends? Where are the activities I want to do, etc. You know, whether, whether you deem them to be an outer ripple or an inner ripple, they're going to be touched if you're not confident in yourself. Yeah. So for me, my view of it was, Find, find a, th- a therapy that, that goes in and drops in healthy, healthy stones. So take out that lack of self-worth, put in the lack of self, uh, put in a self-worth or a self-confidence or whatever it is you need, and it will ripple out. Because the reason that you don't go to the gym is because you don't value yourself enough to look after yourself to do that self-care. The reason that we smoke, drink, you know, all of these things yeah. is because, yeah, we can say I'm busy and, you know, absolutely, I, you know, I do that too. But it's also about value. If I value myself enough to eat well, if I value myself not to drink, if I value myself not to smoke, it's about finding that balance and really loving yourself on the yeah. inside. So it sounds really kind of woo-woo and a bit, oh God, you know. No, but it's self-sabotaging. It is, I've just, we're just part of the uh, Change Your Game Mastermind and we've just mm. read the, uh, the Big Leap. Mm. And that whole idea of self-sabotaging, there's a glass ceiling we place on ourselves and when we start to butt up against it, we sabotage so that, so rowing with your wife, having a fat gut, Mm. sniffing Mm. coke at the weekend, you know, like like these are all, that might sound dramatic to people, but but I know that there's a lot of things that that some dads do and it's like, it feels like the trappings of success. Mm. but actually it's evidence of, of self-sabotaging and and hundred percent yeah and I think you know um you know I'm sort of running my own podcast and one of the people I interviewed you know he said that they they had the trappings of success they had you know the gardener and the, the pool boy and they had the big house and the money and he said he was just driving home with his wife one day and just thought why are we not picking up our own kids you know and he oh, said well, suddenly yeah. they just kind of went whoa and they literally sold up and moved and downsized you know you really got to do it I mean I I I grew up that, that way, right? And mm. um, look into the touchline, see if my dad was there, look into the touchline. And, mm. and with, with my story, my journey, my mum dying, all the stuff that mm. happened, like it, it gave me my plans of how I mm. wanted to parent. Mm. But I want as often as possible when my kid looks up that I'm there. Yeah. And, and yeah. I think that particularly in the way the world works today, that's more and more possible, let mm. alone flipping mm. now when mm. we're in Zoom calling everything. Mm. Um, parents shouldn't feel guilty about, either about not going to work or about not missing their, their, uh, their, their kids stuff. Mm. Um, because I, I think that's about, that is about values yeah. and, and recognizing where the upset comes from, from which is what we're talking about here. Yeah. Why am I upset yeah. about this? What's my, what's my feelings? Yeah. But I think, can I, if I can just interrupt, yeah, I think do, it's yeah. also really important to understand that actually kids need you to fail. They need you to fail. Sometimes it's yeah. crucial because if you are the perfect parent, they grow up with this image of I'm going to have to be this perfect parent. And actually, you know, I see people who don't have kids because they're like, I just, I could never be the parent that my parent was. And it literally yeah. holds them back. As much as I see people not having children because they don't want to be the parent, you know, the bad parent, they also don't want to aim for this perfect parent because they're already believing they're going to fail. And, and, and I always say to parents, the biggest gift that you can show your kids is how to fail and how to fail well and how to say sorry. 
because actually they need to see that, you know, I remember with my kids that, um, you know, they used to go to their dad every other weekend. And then just for some reason, we'd, we'd kind of got muddled up in what we were doing and I was due to pick them up. And at like four o'clock in the afternoon, I get a call from school going, are you going to come pick the kids up? And because I had a really difficult mum, the guilt I felt that my poor kids have been sitting there for half an hour, you know, no one going to pick them up was just, it, it was out of proportion. Um, but they need to know that actually, you know, sometimes my parents are going to be late, but they're still going to be, they're still going to come and I'm going to be safe. Yeah. They need to recognize that failure is okay. They re- need to recognize also that adult responsibility means sometimes you can't be the one on the sidelines yeah. and you can't go to every play and you can't do that. And they need to understand that they can feel sadness and they can feel grief and they can feel um you know cross with their parent and and that they can have this whole range of emotions and yet the relationship can still be really positive so it's okay you know we give our children the power to communicate that stuff yeah absolutely our previous generations we would as i might speak for yourself but i would get told Mm. off but not get told not get told what i've been told off (laughs) like i'd be told off but not explain why uh, you know and so then you're just left with the experience of I'm I'm really in trouble and I'm not really sure I know why. And it brings me to the whole, you know how we used to say you're a naughty kid, you're a naughty Mm. boy, (laughs) you know, that sort of stuff. And actually, but we don't tell them what what it's done. Or we say to them, if you're good at the end of the week, I'll give you ice cream or whatever. Well, what is good? What is the measurement for good? How do I know what good is? So I, when I used to teach parents, I used to say to them, you know, be specific, a bit like an appraisal. You know, if you do this, this, and this, and this, this week, you know, you'll get your ice cream or your toy or you get your phone back or whatever it is. And, and, and I think it's so important to quantify. If, if, if somebody is being told I am naughty or I'm bad, they will take that on as a whole self-belief. Yeah, oh, yeah. Say, your behavior here was yeah. not okay. Right you, now you you're separate, being naughty. Yeah, yeah you yeah. separate the behavior out and then you can also say to them, you can have the whole kind of moral conversation about, you know, when you bit that kid or you know, when you punched that child or whatever it was. You can then talk about it as a behavior, as an experience they are having, and you give them the sense of control over it. Yeah. But if we're non-specific, it's like someone saying to you, do a good job for the next year, I'll give you a pay rise. What, what, what does that look like? Totally. Well, that's powerful in our relationships, mm. in our management of people. Mm. That, and I, I, I first heard and learned this in, in some landmark courses, mm. but just that sense of it's, you're not a bad person you're not rude you're not lazy you're not a crap employee you're not a shit apprentice you're not like Mm. like the worst driver here Mm. like what you Mm. did today was a real clanger yeah um i love you but when you said that to me this morning when i left for work i felt like you didn't love me all day and that's why i ended up shouting at you tonight yes this is game changing in in our experience of life because Mm. suddenly everyone's not against us yes Yes. And, and it's, it is, it's that ability to work with somebody. And I think that's the key. And I think, you know, you said there, I love you, but you know, that is a beautiful way to communicate to your child. You know, I love you, but when you do that, you know, when you present that behavior, I struggle because I feel, and it's about owning your feelings. I feel this. Yeah. yeah. So, so when you leave your clothes all over the room, I feel upset because I've taken my time and energy to make them nice for you. You're owning your feeling because they might not care less that they've left their clothes all over the floor. So no, if you course, own your course, feeling, yeah. yeah, but the, I love you, but is so important because it's what it's saying is I love you and value you as a person, you know, whatever your behavior, I might not like you right now. I might not like that behavior you're showing right now. And I think, as you said, it's important that we recognize that we're going to feel that in our partnerships too. We're not going to love the person we're with or, you know, like them all the time. We're, we're, we're not going to like their behavior. We may love them very deeply, 
but it's important to be able to say, you know, when you do this, I feel this. Yeah. Not, you know, I don't love you or whatever. And, I, and we just, we miss this nuance of communication so much and it causes so much damage. Yeah. And uh, slightly jumping off mm. to another subject slightly, you, uh, how in your professional work and in mm. your personal life, you've got ex-partners and, and, mm. and dads, that, mm. you know, to your children. How's, mm. How are your relationships with those people? Because is, 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 it's something that a lot of dads and, and, and mums who've separated really struggle with. Have, yeah. have you got a good yeah it, so I actually work? actually kind of the next book I want to write is called how to separate well um, because I just think it is imperative to you notice how much I struggle to even say that then I couldn't even oh, it's, it's so like... difficult no it's so difficult yeah. when actually you want to be like yeah. no it's possible to get on it's it's, yeah, it's it okay to be upset mm. and angry at each other mm. and still work mm. it out it's mm. it's like people call mm. it or I, I I'm totally committed to mediation being more about mm. proactive mediation mm. rather mm. than mm. so what do you two yeah. want to say to each other? <laughs> well, seeing as you are, no, it's like, no, actually, actually we're here today <laughs> yeah. to, to fix some stuff. Yeah. Um, so, so how yeah. you, you split up your, your, mm. you know, now you've got a part, the kids are going back and forth between mm. you. How, mm. how uh, or what can you say to people and, and be to share as much personal mm. as you want, but you know, what can you say to people about mm. successfully managing that? And I think for people who aren't separated, they can still yeah. hear a lot in this because yeah. it's about yeah. how do you ma- ma- manage yeah. conflict in your relationship? Yeah. So I think, I think what is really key to remember as you separate that this is about the two of you. This is not about your kids. And likely you both love your children very much and want the best for them. And you just have to kind of almost, you know, root that flag in before you even start the whole process. And both of you have to do that. Um, and it breaks my heart when I see women, you know, keeping keeping their fathers from their children, you know, or, or disregarding their input in their lives. Like, you know, it literally breaks my heart. Um, and unfortunately, it is, you know, more women, I think, that I see that happening with because it tends to be women that tend to get the majority share of the children, which beautifully it's, now is changing. Yeah. It's important um, that people lovely. remember that it happens both ways. Yes. And it's okay to say, yeah. more mums do it to dads than the other way around because yeah, in I the mean, same way that it's okay yeah. to say more men hit women than yeah than, yeah than and I, you do know men I'm, get punched yes they do it's a different yes. subject though but, but that, absolutely they do absolutely yeah. they do but but you know certainly from my experience and from from what i see around me women tend to up with end up with the kind of main yeah. share and i and i love that this is changing actually i love that this is changing um but I think if you can kind of root that flag in of just always almost being able to go back to your flag when it gets hard and going, okay, you know, kids are priority, kids are priority. I think the, the other interesting thing to, to really remember is you are about to both behave at your worst. Um, you know, arguments about money, arguments about housing, arguments about the children that you love, whilst you're, you know, feeling heartbroken that you've either fallen out of love with somebody, because it's still heartbreaking if you're the one who's fallen out of love with them, or they've left you and you didn't realise. So you're going through kind of almost like three or four traumas at once, you know, kids, houses. If you think about the fact that our housing is, um, you know, it's our kind of core thing we need is, you know, love, shelter and food. So you're arguing about something which is a baseline, you know, survival instinct. Then you're arguing about your children who you love and adore. Then you're mourning the loss of a relationship and you're mourning the loss of your plan. Right back to what we were saying in the beginning, your, your future plan. Accept that there's a hell of a lot of trauma going on for you right now and it will bring out the worst in both of you. So, so I think that's key. And, and if you can understand that, what it does is it lets you 
be much more able to let go of, you know, those shirty emails and the shirty texts and the things that are, you know, shouted on the doorstep as, you know, I recognize that we are both under so much pressure right now. We are reacting from our worst selves. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the thing that I often see destroy people is they say that person has become this. It's like, no, they are responding from this right now. So I always say to people, when you're breaking up, almost expect a two year gap between you breaking up and you getting on with this person. So my first, you know, we are, we are having the first couple of, of sane conversations Mm. with each other and it's five years. Yeah. There you go. It it is, it's years. And and actually you may never get there and it might be about you setting boundaries. You know, that, that's also the, the sad thing. But for me, it was about recognizing that, you know, my children's father was, and I've been very lucky. Both fathers have been brilliant fathers. You know, the reason I've never, I live in Cambridge, the reason I never moved away because I never wanted to move my children away from seeing their fathers. And, and I think, you know, for us, it was also really regular contact. So um, with both fathers, we had a routine. It was every other weekend plus every other Tuesday and every other Thursday, which sounds really complicated. But the idea was they never went more than four or five days without seeing their dad. Yeah. Um, you know, um, both fathers lived quite close to me. You know, so we have regular contact. Um, the first relationship, it was better. We used to go to parents' evenings together. You know, actually, um, my first husband was the first person who saw my um, fourth child born, obviously by a completely different father. He was the first one to see her and right. hold her and love her and, and actually offered to, you know, if anything happened to me, if we were both killed, he said, I will take the extra two children to keep the family together. Yeah, wow. So I think it's about recognizing, you know, this person is an amazing father. Just because I don't want to be their partner anymore does not mean that they are not an amazing father. And that's where our conversation needs to be now. Yeah. Okay. I, I think being aware of what kind of compassion we would offer to other people mm. in the world, mm. then make sure you could offer it to your yeah. ex because yeah. there's, there's, there shouldn't be much of a reason why you can't offer that yeah. much compassion. Yeah. But well, I think it is also about accepting where you are. You know, if one of your partners has gone, if your partner's gone off and got another partner, mm. you know, that is painful. Oh, yeah, and trying totally, yeah. to force yourself into a relationship with them, you know, that's amicable and friendly when you're going through grief and pain, that's never going to work. So it's about balancing. How do I, how do I retain, um, you know, how am I civil with this person? And how do I allow my child to see that we can be civil mm. together? Because odds are your children are going to grow up and have broken relationships. So what's the model you want to show yeah, them totally. to resolving that? And anybody who's listening okay. to this is in this situation. It could be grief from a death. Mm. It could be grief from mm. a relationship. That grief process. Yeah. Is it confusion? Joy, upset. The six phases of grace. Like, yeah. I'm not sure what they are. I'm but not sure. So, what they are. Yeah, so, mm. yeah, but I, I, I can mm. fill it up and yeah. share it. But if anyone's yeah. listening, search up the, the, the mm. stages of grief because mm. you, you think you're going mad because you can't work out one day I was really sad, next day I was really happy, and then I was really angry. And I, yeah. actually, no, that's real. That is yeah, yeah. exactly this the is order just, it goes in. It's yeah. just coming out. So, I think, so my key to people is, you know, be fair. Um, stay on the moral high ground. I, I worked with a client whose ex, you know, had been really abusive to him. Um, you know, very, very abusive. And that was why he left in the end and then continued to be obnoxious through the entire separation. And I used to say to him, have this image of you standing on a hill and the wind is blowing, you know, through your hair. And that is your moral high ground. And I said to him, every time, you know, you feel yourself dropping down, come back up to this moral high ground and just take a breath and go, yeah. okay, moral high ground. How do, how do I want to behave? So this is not about their behavior. It's not about retaliation. It's not about revenge. It's not about tit for tat. How do I want to behave? What do I think is right? What do I think is fair? 
because whatever happens, whether you end up losing huge amounts of money. So I've lost, I, I was actually the one who'd inherited money. So I've lost about 150,000 pounds um, over three different long-term relationships. And actually, you know, part of me is like, that's smart. You know, the other you're, part of me you're is... You're the Robin Williams. It's <laughs> <laughs> fine. Okay. Um, you know, but the other part of me is, you know, okay, there's a furnace here that we live together and that, that this is where I'm going to... And I am always, whatever their behaviour, I'm going to try hard to react to my moral high ground. Now, I've sent the shirty texts and the shirty emails, you know, you do because you're going to be emotional, but it's just let it go. Focus back on your kids. What is best for the kids? You have to step over your own feelings. Yeah. And do that. And I would just like to say, I did mediation with both exes. Um, you know, one was more difficult than the other. The first one was much easier. Um, but, you know, my first husband, he and I, you know, we were friends to the point where I would go around and have a barbecue with him. You know, he nearly died at one point and I was in floods of tears. You know, um, it's drifted now because my children are, you know, 25, 27, 30. I, I don't see him very much. Um, but, you know, the second the second ex is still around. You know, we chat on the doorstep. We, you know, we, we had a joke the other day. I sent him a text and I said, what is it with our teenagers and the fact they won't wash? You wash, I wash. Why don't they wash? You know, we just have these little silly interactions. So we're yeah. not friends. But but we can be friendly. It's possible. I think that's, I think that people need to remember that it's mm. like what is possible. What would really work here? Yeah. What, and then just keep coming back to what's possible. What's possible? Yeah. Exactly. Um, and just just um, um, I know you've got some stuff you've got to jump off for. But the just finally, oh, there's so much we could talk about. And, and, <laughs> and, uh, but in uh, particularly mm. as part of the uh, Hero Academy and my mm. F5 process, focus is in there mm. because fitness, finance, family, mm. and fun mm. focus. Is mm. is right at the, at the mm. in, in the middle of all that. We can't go to the gym regularly if we haven't got a powerful reason yeah. enough to. We can't learn how to be financially free if we're not mm. committed to learning mm. what the different options are. So mm. focus is so very important. When a man, when a dad is in a sense of sort of overwhelm, that could be stress mm. through success. It could be stress through things mm. going wrong. How do they? quieten things down so mm. they can refocus because mm. I know from my experience when it was like the business was growing but it mm. was but, it, but mm. I didn't really have enough control over it I had trouble at home and it, like things started to yeah. as the walls closed in everything yeah. went wrong now yeah. if I could have focused a bit better mm. and got the right sort of support mm. and help which again is part of my inspiration mm. for, for everything that mm. I'm up to but but just like I asked earlier what can a dad do mm. to unpick some of those emotions when everything feels like it's closing in, mm. how can a, a, a dad centre himself mm. and, and focus mm. on what's important? Mm. What, 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 what can you say about that? So I think there's, there's a couple of things here. So I totally believe that whether you're leading in your life as a parent, you know, as a, as a, as a CEO, whatever, whatever it is that you're doing in your life, you are leading in some way. Um, I totally believe that it will come to the core. And, you know, obviously that informs all of the work that I do. Um, so I think actually it sounds really silly, <clears throat> but sitting and closing your eyes and actually centering yourself somewhere in you, there is a you that kind of in some sense hasn't gone through all the junk that you've gone through. It's like a kind of pure you and that you knows what you want and it knows what your visions are and it knows what you're capable of achieving. If you can almost sit with your eyes closed and I tell people sit with your eyes closed, find that space in your body, put your hand on it and connect with it. And yeah. just tune into that version of you that does know what is right for you. Okay, so that's the first thing I would say. Just literally spend a few minutes. It sounds a bit woo-woo, but do it. It works. No, it's, do you know what? It's important that you said both those things there. <clears throat> it, it is a bit woo-woo for yeah. some guys. Meditation yeah. seems like 
yeah. what the hell are you talking about? I've actually yeah, got yeah. an expert hangout tonight with, with two med- two meditation people. Yeah. Um, but I, I take people back to the point mm. when we were kids, when my mm. boy says, I want to play for Tottenham, I want to do this, I want yeah. to do that. He is loving the idea of picturing yeah. his future. Yeah. It's just a game. Yeah. So if that yeah. does feel a bit woo-woo for some people, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. actually, hang on a minute, yeah. go for a walk, sit down, get excited yeah. about what you do want life to look like, yeah. and then come back and start to yeah. start to be like and, recommit to it. And I have to say, so I'm not big into meditation at all. Yeah. Um, I think it's something, it's a natural state we should just be able to tune in and out of in yeah. our lives. To, and, and I think we will have, actually, there'll be those times when you've either just lost yourself in a book or you've stared at the clouds or whatever it is, you know, even just been focused on the football and you've just zoned out everything else. You know, that to me is a meditative state. So so that's kind of where I come from on it. But 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 knowing this core of you, being able to tune back in. So I teach, you know, top, top level CEOs who are in the middle of, you know, multi-million board level negotiations, literally standing in front of a whole group of people they're trying to persuade, just pause and look out of the window, recenter yourself to this place and come back. And they'll just think, you know, you're taking a kind of pause and you look away and you come back. So it sounds woo-woo, but no, I can no, but the, the best the, people the are doing it. The fear is they're all going to think I'm flipping weird looking out the window. Like, Actually, no, they think, oh, oh. what a calm and collected dude. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. embed security, confident inside. You're like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. But, you know, outside you're just going, okay, and recenter. And I yeah. and I, um, I used to have an ex who played a lot of squash and, and I could watch him getting more and more stressed as he played because he played at quite a high level. Mm-hmm. And I would sometimes just look at him and just go, recenter yourself, you know, yeah. recenter. And he kind of do a you know and send himself back into his game so that that is the first thing the the kind of second again it's a tool imagine you're in the center of a tornado and everything in your life is just swirling around you and again it's visualized push the tornado out so that you're standing in the center because what's in the center of a tornado peace the calm peace and the calm and the quiet so everything in your life positive realist we can't get rid of everything in your life let it swirl around you, but just push it out. And then just imagine saying, okay, so now I'm in this calm place. All the stuff's still there. I can't make it go away. I'm just going to reach in my hand and I'm going to pull out one thing. And your body will kind of, your brain will just pull out. Let's say it pulls out. What am I going to do about my kids? Or what am I going to do about that team member? Or what am I going to do about my fitness? Whatever it pulls out. Last week, mine was, my car has blown up. I don't really want to spend this much money. What am I going to do about it? Exactly. So whatever it is. And the the beauty of this exercise is, again, it feels a bit woo-woo, but it's not. What you're saying to your brain actually is, what is the biggest priority right now? And it will naturally pull out. And then you just look at that thing and solution find. Yeah. This well, is what I'm going to do about, about that, that Mary, Mary, is people don't often realize this as well, is our brain is constantly filtering out millions yeah. of signals. Yeah. So our brain is already, when we're walking along, we can hear birds, yeah. cars, the sky, airplanes. Like Our brain is, is, is a, there's a million yeah. things you could hear right now. I'm going to give you 10. Yeah. And yeah. so actually when we start to take a little bit more control of that and say to the brain, oh, could I focus on problem X for a little bit, yeah. please? Yeah. It should come as no surprise that better solutions start to absolutely, come Absolutely, absolutely. And I think, you know, <laughs> we have 11 million pieces of data coming at us every single second. And it's, it, okay, I've just written a whole... That's a lot. <laughs> I've, I've literally just written about this in my book. We can hold four in our conscious brain. Okay, I said you 10. Know, it was even 10. Okay, you know, it's even 10. We are filtering continuously. And, and so that's kind of my key message here is you've got filters, whether you like them or not. You've got baggage whether you like it or not you've got behaviors belief systems etc going on whether you like it or not so so my my kind of thought is you know if i want to be somebody who's powerful and in control of my life then actually i need to sort my filters out and make sure that my filters unconsciously are filtering in a really healthy great way for me 
if I choose to ignore that and just pretend I'm fine and I'm successful and I haven't got a lack of confidence or whatever, then I'm just ignoring a place where I could grow. I'm literally just ignoring a growth spot. So actually just say, right, I am a person, I want to live my life. I may not even know what my purpose is or where I want to go. I just know I want it to be better. I am going to take control of my filters. And if you do that and you, you get support and yeah, I'm totally anti sitting in therapy for years. I don't, I don't like it. Um, you know, I want to get in and I want to get on. I'm I'm very kind of, I can be quite a a terrible stereotype, but quite male in my thinking. And I'm like, come on, let's move, you know? Um, you know, so for me, that was why it worked. Right. Okay. I've got lack of self-confidence. Right. Let's get in there and work on self-confidence. I don't want to talk to you about how I felt like last Tuesday. I want to work on that topic. Yeah. That's probably why you got a lot of male clients is they, they (laughs) like that. They're like, I want to, I don't want to talk about yeah. this. I want to deal with it. Exactly. Yeah. I want to deal yeah. with it. And so what I say to people, the, the kind of, you know, the final thing is, you know, if you think of your emotions and your rational thoughts, like telegrams, they are sending you a message. Now, if you decide to discount an entire one side of that messaging system, you're just putting yourself at a disadvantage. If you bring in that emotional messaging system, but you bring it in a way where it's healthy and it's controlled and it feels good, you know, you are ultra powerful. Because you can do the rational and the emotional in these stressful situations, which means you don't get into such stressful situations because you make better decisions because you're more productive, you're more efficient, you're exercising well. You know, life starts to come together. It's, it's that stuff of drop the right stone in the middle of the puddle and everything starts to change. Yeah. And so that, you know, that would be my key message, whether, whether, whether it's about your parenting, whether it's about your work, whether it's about how you feel personally you know, go and work out what are, the, what are the wrong stones that have been dropped in and what are the ones that you need to drop in instead. You know, yeah. that, that would be my big key. You've got filters. Your brain is working to um, protect you, but it, it will protect you by going, great, you feel better when you drink or you feel better when you smoke, you feel better when you shout, you feel better when you hit. You know, it's going to protect you by thinking these are positive behaviors that help you when actually there's a negative effect. Yeah. So just own up to it and, and get on and clear it. Yeah, and it's so important in the world today. There's there is a danger at, at the moment that men can feel a little bit like they've lost the idea of what it is to be masculine, yeah. or it's a bit or like I've, I want to be yeah. masculine, but I don't know if I can be. Actually, if you go and find those, yeah. you know, the, all those things that you yeah. just mentioned, really own those areas that are mm-hmm. important to you. You can mm-hmm. be strong in your masculinity without being like yeah. overbearing in it, and yeah. and, and and that more than anything in the world today is so powerful where men can show up most. I I 100% agree. And and I think one of the sad things that I feel is that I feel a lot of men have almost felt embarrassed of being men, of being masculine. You know, I think it's really, really sad. And and I think in some respects, a lot of women have lost the ability to feel feminine. And, And I certainly know, you know, with me, there's a real push and pull between these two different parts of me. One where I am the kind of you know, I, I want to be looked after. I want to be nurtured and I want to be cared for. You know, we all do really. Yeah. Um, I also want to be accepted when I'm in my kind of powerful state, call it masculine, feminine, call it whatever you want to call it. Yeah. You know, I am a very powerful businesswoman and very powerful in my opinions and, and my presence, but I still have times when I want to be kind of, you know, looked after and nurtured and cared for. And, and I think men have that too. And it's about us owning both of those spaces. I can be powerful and masculine, but I can be deeply sensitive, emotional and empathetic at the same time. Yeah. And if you look around at really key male figures, I mean, you know, if you look at Will Smith, you know, he is very masculine as a man. Yet, actually, if you listen to a lot of his stuff, there's deep emotional sensitivity in there. Yeah, he's and, a great example. You know, yeah. so I think, you know, blend both together and, and, if, you know, own the man that you want to be in the same way that I would say to women, own the woman that you want to be. 
you know, you don't have to fit a stereotype. It doesn't have to be, you know, you're this or you're that. Be, be everything that you want yeah. to be. Not an embattled thing, but a, yeah. a pride and joy and a celebrated thing. Yeah. Yeah. Enjoy who you are. Yeah. You know? Awesome. Mary, there's so much stuff we could we could talk about. <laughs> Do you know what? I, I, we'll definitely will get you back on because the post that you've put on Facebook recently, and uh, mm. I'm pretty sure it's a public post. Yeah, probably it was, yeah. It. Yeah, it's about yeah. Uh, pre-menopause and menopause. Mm. And that's, we touched on miscarriages yeah. as well. Yeah. And, you know, there's, there's so much about our relationships with, with our partners, mm. let alone our sisters and our mums and eventually yeah. our daughters uh, as men. That is mm. why I love having awesome women on the show and around uh, team super dad is that we can have a greater understanding and that in its sense it gives us a greater mm. deeper connection with mm. the women in our lives mm. um, and it's so important so we'll definitely get get, get you back on and, and talk more, more <laughs> about you. that and the hero academy and um i can see you uh, being a, a, a absolutely <laughs> strong participant and and and, and voicing that as well mm. What about people Thank who you. have felt moved to want to, you know, work with you mm. or, or your, your book you mentioned? Mm. I don't think that's coming out, you said, but yeah. where can people come and connect with you? Um, so my website is probably the main source of everything. Oh, and um, your podcast. So yeah, yeah. And my podcast, which is also launching in August. So um, the website is www.mary-williams.com. And that's, um, that's A. M-A-R-I, right? It is M-A-R-I. Yeah, yeah. I remember the hyphen. And um, so it's mary-williams.com. Um, I've got the Alternative Leader podcast, which will be launching um, end of August, and the Alternative Leader book, which is all about how do we lead in, in as a person, as a parent, as a partner, um, but in business, you know, how do we lead well from the inside? So it's it's a kind of a therapeutic, self-help, business, um, business coaching. It, it's a mix of everything in yeah. there. And um, that's going to be coming out near the end of the year too. Um, so there, there's lots sort of happening. Um, so come and find me. I'm on most uh, social media platforms as well. And all the links will be on the website too. Yeah. And I'm going to put it all in the show notes yeah. as well. So anyone who's yeah. listening to this and wants to be able to click something, just yeah. go to the, this, just this come podcast. Find me and you can find me page. on LinkedIn and stuff as well. So yeah. And I'm always happy to have, you know, I'd love feedback and I'm always happy to answer little questions and things like that. So um, yeah, definitely feel getting, you know, able to get in touch with me. Um, yeah. Love it so much. So I just a uh, wonderful conversation. Um, the idea behind proactive mediation as well. So it's so important mm. for people um, connections in, 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 in our relationships, deeper levels yeah. of communication, understanding with our children. Um, this is yeah. just, it's, it, we've said a couple of times it's woo woo this and woo woo that, mm. but actually mm. old fashioned perhaps it was in the world we're in today this is about deeper connection with ourselves and our loved ones yeah. and powerful conversation powerful mm. communication mm. and i think and i think if you look at everything actually you know we used to talk about you know communication and things like that soft skills and actually if you look especially through this pandemic you know what have been the key issues leaders being able to communicate but you know families being shoved together for long periods of time you've got to be able to communicate you've got to be able to be emotionally sensitive and emotionally mature and i think this is the key thing is when you know who you are on the inside when you own yourself then then you'll do all of these things and so that's kind of my final message to 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 your men out there you know is is own yourself own who you are stop trying to be anyone else just own who you are and start building that version of yourself to be stronger and even greater and more powerful and then you two can have a Disney happy ending. <laughs> Come on. Okay. The circle of life. <laughs> 
Mary, thanks so much. And uh, to everyone listening, I'll see you on the other side of the uh, of the outro. Hold tight. Brilliant conversation there. Thanks so much to Mary. Like, I love having women on the podcast. I probably don't hang around with enough women, to be fair. So the opportunity to chat for an hour to realize actually just how similar we all are i think is when when you're young it's really easy isn't it you know you're just hanging out guys and gals boys and girls men and women whoever it is but then as we get married and we can't exactly chat up or flirt with as many people but but our circle of female friends perhaps tightens as well so it is just great to hang out with with cool women if you've heard other women on any other podcast that you think uh, would be great to have on Team Superdad, then please let me know. Uh, come on over to the Team Superdad group on Facebook or the Team Superdad page on Facebook. Blimey, you can message me at Johnny Jensen. You can message at Team Superdad HQ on Instagram or Twitter. Really, just come on over. Let me know who you want to have on the podcast. And more than that, get yourself into the Team Superdad group on um in fact, the easiest way to do that is go over to the Team Superdad uh, web, web page, teamsuperdad.com, and click on the Start Here section, and that will link you up to uh, the Team Superdad Facebook group, this podcast, which you've already got, and all the other ongoing fun and resources and events that we're having as part of Team Superdad. Oh, the dad call as well. Monday, Monday nights, every other Monday night, it's the dad call, which is a free men's group for you to come and participate in it's not streamed it's not recorded it's just a safe space for dads so get involved i look forward to seeing you there and working together in the future spread the love dads onwards and upwards team super dad out bye this has been team super dad find us at teamsuperdad.com 